What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Rita Love, with another episode of Unapologetic Woman of Color. Uh, I thought I'd uh, get this out of the way at the beginning of the week. Hope everyone had a great Labor Day weekend. Um, I don't work your normal nine to five. My schedule is kind of all over the place, so um, my weekdays are pretty flexible. But I do remember when I used to do the nine to five gig and I could not wait for the holidays. Um, so I'm hoping that everybody got to enjoy it to the fullest, that you got to spend it with, you know, family, loved ones, friends, um, and that we did not forget that it's Labor Day. So thank you to all of those who labor constantly to make our lives a better, you know, better you know, our world a better place. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, anyhow, wanted to just kind of reach out to all of you, see how everyone's doing and talk about, uh, what an important election year this is. And I know, um, election apathy has, has reached, you know, epic proportions and we, you know, we have small and groups of, uh, uh, civic engagement, uh, advocates who are out there doing their damnedest to try to get people to, to register to vote. I cannot tell you how important this year's, never has there been an election as important as this one in my lifetime. Um, we are talking about changing the face of this nation to address, you know, criminal justice reform, social reform, uh, economic reform, um, making sure that we put, that we, and I shouldn't say left, just us who are against the person that's in the White House right now, um, putting the right people in the house to make that happen. And the only way that can happen is if we have people like you get up and get out and go register to vote. You don't even have to get, you don't even have to leave your house. Just register from your house, go online, go to the Salt Lake SLCO.org look for the tab that says, you know, register to vote, click on it. It's so easy, but we really, really need you to vote. Right now we have more people who don't vote than we do who do vote. And it's the small percentage of people who do vote that are making the decisions on who gets to run this country. If we ran, if every single person voted every single eligible person in the in the United States voted, we would have a, a government that looks entirely different. But we need you. We need you to step up. We need you to do your part. We need you to register to vote. And then we need you to vote. And I honestly, if you don't feel like going to the polls, you know, we have the ability to have, you know, to mail out ballots to your house. All you have to do is fill it out, put it back in your mailbox. It is that easy. But the thing that's hard is getting people to actually follow through with that. We have to vote like our lives depend on it because honestly, our lives literally depend on who we put in those positions and how they're going to vote on behalf of the people. So right now in Utah, we've got several, we've got a couple of, uh, not a couple, I shouldn't say a couple more than that. We actually have a few people who are running for office. We have several that are trying, that are running for uh, re-election. Uh, mostly in the West Side, we've got uh, Representative Sandra Hollins, who's out from out of uh, Rose Park. We have Representative Angela Romero out of Glendale. We have um, Sim Gill. We also have Rosie Rivera, who's running for sheriff. 
Um, and then we also have um, Karen Kwan out of Taylorsville, who's running for state house representative. We have uh, Robert Birch, who's running for state house representative in West Valley. Uh, we have, um, who else is there? Elizabeth Waite, who's also running for uh, state house representative out in, um, also part of West Valley, not against Robert, in a different district, but covers also a huge chunk of West Valley. And we also have um, Claire Collard, and I think she's also she is part of Magna. So these are all people, at least that I know of, that I completely endorse, who I believe have been doing a great job or will do a great job, who have done all kinds of work within their you know respective communities and who I know will definitely represent the people the way that we should be represented. You know, um, we have an opportunity to, to make some changes, but the only way that we're gonna do that is if every single one of you get out and register to vote. So I'm gonna be talking a lot about voting. Right now, we have a lot of people who are out there registering people to vote. I'm one of those people. We have registered in the last um, three weeks over 50 people. And it's not easy to register people because I can't tell you how many times I've approached people and said, hey, can I register you to vote? And they're like, oh, I'm not interested. Oh, you're not interested in participating in your, you know, your local civics and in your community decision making. You know, so it's kind of under, it's, it's very interesting to me that people just don't want to get involved. And I don't understand how that is possible. I it is everything for me and it should be everything to you. How your city gets run, how your state gets run is dependent on the people that you choose to represent you. Please, please, please make sure you register to vote. You know, log, uh, type up slco.org if you're located here in Utah, in Salt Lake County. That's where you would go to register to vote. Um, right now, I just want to give a shout out. So, let, you know, we're going to go ahead and move on, but we'll, I'll, probably, I'll probably swing back to the subject again at the very end of my podcast. But just so you know, I cannot tell you how excited I am about uh, Colin Kaepernick being the face of, the, of Nike's Just Do It campaign. I am so glad and so thankful. And this is well-deserved because this man has, you know, donated so much of his time, his money, you know, his, his reputation. Um, to speak out against police brutality. And we're also, I'm also waiting for the announcement for Nike to come out and present. He supposedly has a new line of clothing with Nike. And I'm telling you what, I don't, I don't buy Nike, not because I'm against them or anything, but I just, I'm cheap. So I'll just buy whatever I think looks cute, you know, or good on me, I will buy it. And I'm usually pretty cheap and I'll buy cheap stuff. But you know, for Nike, like I will go out of my way to support his clothing line, because knowing him, part of the proceeds will go to, you know, continually support his grassroots efforts, like all his Know Your Rights camps, his Know Your Rights trainings, you know, helping kids out there who are suffering uh, from, you know, uh, racial injustices, like most of us. Um, but I'm so pleased that, you know, Nike, I, I believe in my opinion, Nike was smart to partner up with him because I'm telling you what, his clothing line is it's gonna sell out that first week. I tell it, mark my words, he's gonna sell out of his clothes. People are gonna go because they want to support him. 
You know, a lot of people out there who who think that he's, you know, that are against him kneeling, I I don't understand why he is using his platform. Well, he was using this huge national platform to shed light on something that's been happening for some time to people of color, to communities of color, but specifically and especially to the black community, right? For the longest time, this stuff has been going on and, you know, we just haven't been talking about it. And now we're like shedding light on that thing, bringing, you know, making sure that it's part of the discourse and part of the discussion and that we're having these conversations. And I can't be more proud of him taking that risk and standing alone and, you know, at the very first time when he first knelt, you know, and everyone, people who are disgusted by his protests are flat out, you're just right, you you either don't, you either are, are flat out racist or you choose to be ignorant to the issues that go on in, commu- you know, communities of color. And if that's the case, then that is so sad, but I am so glad that he's doing this, that he's, and thank you, Nike. Thank you so much for partnering up with such an amazing person who's out there being a hardcore activist and really doing the work and putting his money where his mouth is and making sure that he advocates aggressively for his community and for all communities of color, that they know their rights, that he's pushing for, you know, ending police brutality, you know, and, 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 uh, God, I, I just, I'm excited. I'm so excited. So I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who are either listening or are following me on Facebook. Cause I'm telling you, all of my posts are, um, are public. So I'm sure I have people who following are like this, this trick, <laughs> but I'm excited because I don't know, man, I, I've, I've, I've had dealt, I've dealt with some serious um, police harassment, and it is nothing compared to what some of the members of the black community have gone through. Even though I'm a person of color, I am a non-black person of color. We also experience discrimination. We also experience, you know, uh, lack of equality and equity. But we are nowhere near the massive injustices that the black community faces on a day-to-day basis. So this is something that I'm so excited for. I'm proud. You know, Colin, I know you're not listening to my podcast, but I just need to say congratulations, brother. You deserve this. Um, also, what, what else is on? So just uh, uh, on a side note, I also do a live, a Facebook live uh, session with Hey Lala Potesio. We It's called the Read on Lala Hour. So tomorrow we'll be on at around 7 o'clock uh, uh, Mountain Standard Time. So if you get a chance, you know, watch for our live feed and we'll be talking about a lot of these issues and more. Um, uh, what's been really uh, present on the news is the the, um, the appointment of Cap- Judge Kavanaugh. Uh, he was chosen by Donald Trump to be a Supreme Court justice. And now he's going through, you know, the interview with the, with the Senate. And I'm just... I've gone online to kind of check out what his stance is on a lot of key issues like uh, immigration, abortion, um, uh, religion, you know, the executive powers. And I have not liked anything that he's that he has uh, proposed or his stance on any of the issues. None of it. 
because I see that as something that has that works against communities of color, right? Um, what was it? What's most? But what's more interesting for me is the fact that President Trump, who is under investigation, is still being allowed to make these uh, nominations, and I don't agree with that. I think that if, in order for a president to be able to make these nominations, he has to be free and clear from any type of, you know, investigation. Because honestly, this, no, he is definitely, he should not be allowed to be able to nominate somebody into the, into a, a, a position that is a lifetime appoint, appointment. Like he, this is a lifetime job. And long after President Trump dies, the decisions of his Supreme Court justice picks will continue to affect us for many, many years to come. So for me, he, this dude is not clean enough and not, he is not free from his, this, these investigations. So therefore he should not be able to hand pick a Supreme Court, another one. He just should not be allowed. And I think I can safely say there are a lot of people out there who feel the same way that I do. Um, but Mr. Brett Kavanaugh, um, you know, in in October 2012, he was part of a three three judge panel that scrutinized um, a South Carolina law, which generally requiring voters to present a government issued photo ID in order to vote. Now, at the time, the Voting Rights Act required jurisdiction with a history of discrimination like South Carolina to receive federal permission before changing election rules to ensure that the modifications would not disproportionately suppress minority vote. The Supreme Court gutted that safeguard the following year. So the Justice Department had blocked, they, what they did was they ended up blocking South Carolina from enforcing this law. And they noted that about six to eight percent of African-American voters in the state didn't have a photo ID. This is something that's been discussed for a long. We've been talking about this where we have, you know, black members of the community who live out in like rural areas who don't have state IDs. Uh, and this compared to about four percent of white voters. Judge Kavanaugh's panel blocked uh, South Carolina from enforcing its law for that for that year's election but upheld its use in future ones to allow, allow time to educate voters about the requirement. So Kavanaugh wrote that he was satisfied with uh, South Carolina's officials, promised to make exceptions for voters who gave a reason for not having a photo ID and saying that the law does not have the effects that some expected and some feared. Um, that's huge for me. Anytime you mess around with voting laws, you are basically, um, silencing the voices of those who would otherwise have the opportunity to vote. Um, and I do, you know, for me, I always, well, that's, that's a huge issue for me because I'm somebody who's all about, you know, I, I run the, the Utah Pacific Islander Civic Engagement Coalition, AKA UPACIC, and our number one initiative is really just getting everyone registered to vote, specifically our Pacific Islander community and becoming a power uh, uh, a buying power, a power of change, a power, you know, via through, you know, by our votes. And the only way we can do that is by, in, you know, registering people to vote. And if I see 
uh, a leader jump in and specifically target communities of color and make it so and, and make it so that they are unable to vote to you know um, then that for me is a huge red flag that is a huge issue anyone who would try to silence your vote is a no for me so there's a lot of things here like if you I, I put a link up on on my Facebook page talking about his stances on some really key um, key concerns key issues uh, with our with our country um, he you know there's for me there's uh, I'm all about you know taking money out of politics and you know his his stance on campaign finance limits um, he let me just read it really quick I'll just, I'm just gonna read it to you in 2010 K in a 2010 case Kavanaugh wrote the opinion for three judge panel that that upheld limits on contributions to political parties or so-called soft money which had been opposed had been imposed in a 2002 campaign finance reform law however that may not say much about how he would rule as a supreme court justice he emphasized that the supreme court had already upheld those limits as consistent with the first amendment and said that the new case was sufficiently similar that as a lower court we do not possess the authority to clarify or refine the Supreme Court's ruling. But in 2011, there was a case challenging a law that barred foreign nationals who are lawfully but temporarily inside the United States from spending money on campaigns. Kavanaugh upheld the restriction, but he construed it narrowly as applying only to spending for ads that expressly advocate that people vote for or against a particular candidate. His interpretation suggests that he may be more skeptical skeptical about legal limits on spending on ads that discusses issues without explicitly urging people to vote in a particular way. That to me means that he is not strong. He does not. He's not against uh, uh, large donations, and you know he wants to put some type of campaign changes, but they're not strong enough for me. And I don't like that. So for him to be that soft on campaign finance limits, again, another red flag. So I don't want to read this to you because I don't want you to be bored by my voice and all that crazy stuff. But go to my if you're a follower of mine, go, you know, go to my page. I've I've posted the link to this and just Google. Do your homework, Google and start reading through all the different links that are available. Start start researching his voting record on you know different cases and then judge for yourself. And look. One thing that drives me crazy is a lot of our community members just go with the flow. They're they're just they just go with the flow. Like for instance, the whole thing with um, Prop Two coming this November, they're all you know. I've seen so many posts say, "I trust our leaders, and you know, I I trust their decision. And if they say don't vote, then I'm not going to vote." Look, I don't. I have nothing against the LDS Church. I'm a more I'm LDS myself. Not a great one. Not really practicing, but I still believe in a lot of the God. You know, I I'm huge on the gospel of Jesus Christ. I just have very, I just have a lot of issues with some of the decisions that they've made as of late. And I really believe in everything that I've been taught growing up that, you know, I have to search, ponder, and pray. I don't believe in being just sheep. I just don't. I believe in being, you know, uh, doing my work and doing the, the investigative work to find out on my own whether what's being presented to me is something I should support. Prop 2 is exactly one of those things. And I'm not talking about just 
um, the healing properties for people out there who need it. I'm, I'm very concerned about the many individuals who are incarcerated. Now, mind you, the U.S. has the highest level of incarceration than however many countries combined. And we, there's no one that comes, there's no close second. There's just no close second. We, if we're going to talk about what we're great at, we're damn good at incarcerating people. And a lot of these people are locked up for nonviolent drug offenses. This is a step in the right direction when it comes to criminal justice reform. You are talking about putting in place, this will allow for our legislators and for you know community advocates and activists to, to push, to put in place laws that will hopefully free um, many of our uh, returning, you know, many of our citizens who are locked up or incarcerated, you know, to be free to receive, you know, the, the treatment that they need outside of those walls. Um, and just so you know, people of color are locked up at a higher, you know, disproportionately at a higher rate than, than white people. So for me, Prop 2, you know, is, the step in, is a step in the right direction. It takes care of the people who really need it for health issues. It takes care of the criminal justice reform. And it also, for me, is a step in economic boom. A lot of those, a lot of the tax sales, you know, that's collected do like most of these other states and they don't, they give, you know, it gets funneled into education. I don't understand why we can't treat cannabis the way we do alcohol. 21 and older, do not drive under the influence, you know. Um, and I, I really firmly believe it has a lot to do with money, right? Once we have so many states who have already legalized the medicinal use of cannabis, 25, I think, maybe more. I haven't even checked and I should, but um, you're looking at as soon as we hit like three quarters of the country, this fed the federal, our government cannot say no to legalizing it, you know, across the nation. Once that happens, you watch, mark my words, you're going to see a lot of rich white folks jump on board and start investing in the cannabis business. Great example, John Boehner, who is a former Speaker of the House. You know, he was, he was, he was quoted as saying that he would never, there's nothing in the world that could make him change his mind as far as his stance on medical, on, on cannabis. He was completely against it. Then later, he was he was quoted as saying, "I would I would actually support this." And I think he's part of a board that or a business who is um, who has money and investments in the cannabis industry. So money money does talk, man, which is really sad. And that's why I'm so against. That's why I'm all about uh, campaign finance reform because I don't want people to be beholden to corporations and, and organ, you know, big organizations um, who donate big money to their campaigns. I need them to be, I, they have to be beholden to the people like us, everyday people. We need representatives who represent us because if they're not representing us, who the hell is, right? So if they're getting tons of donations from big, you know, big money people, get, who, whose interests do you think they're going to serve first? Definitely not ours, theirs. Follow the money all the time. Anytime you have a question about a, a legislator or or any of these big organizations, follow them, follow the money. 
Anyhow, so we've got Kavanaugh. I, you know, check out his stances on some of these key issues. We're going to discuss these key, key issues in more detail tomorrow on the Facebook Live with Rita during the Rita and Lala hour. But um, also, what else do we have that's going on? That's huge. Um, so we talked about Prop Two. We talked about Kavanaugh. There's a point where we talked about uh, Colin Kaepernick. I'm so excited about the him. I'm I'm just so happy because I was so worried about that guy because you know he was he nobody was picking him up in the nfl talk away we he had you know he still had his contract with nike this whole time and he was getting money from nike and those endorsements are huge those those athletes they live for those endorsements so i'm very very happy about that oh so hbo is coming out with a new documentary called student athlete i can't wait for it to come out because i have been saying this for a long time you know, I, every so often I'll post about how I really believe that student athletes should be paid, you know, because the, the powers that be in the, in this organ, in these organizations are making a killing off of poor student athletes who come out there and play their hearts out and their guts out. And, and a lot of, there's only a small percentage get to move on to that next level, the NFL and the NBA. So when I was watching the trailer for, um, the student athlete, the, the stats are over 90, 91,775 men played college basketball and football. Out of that 91,000, only 303 athletes were drafted in the NBA and NFL. That is the tiniest fraction I have. Boy, come on now. These people need to be paid. And I'm not saying they need to be paid the same amount as, you know, uh, professionals, but they should be paid to play because coaches are making millions of dollars. Their staffs are making, you know, in the hundreds of thousands, you know, the schools are, it's a billion dollar, probably a multi-billion dollar industry. They deserve to be paid. So I can't wait for this documentary. I'm so glad that HBO is coming out with this documentary. I, I can't wait to see you know, kind of follow it and listen to some of the stories of some of these student athletes, because, you know, if you see, if you've seen the trailer that I posted on my Facebook page, you see one young man who says, you know what? They tell us that we're the best player ever, that we are star players, but you're telling 91,000 young men, they're the star players and only 303 make it. That is sad. And I know some people who have serious issues with that afterwards you know like when they don't make it it hurts them you know it does something to their psyche you know the whole life is spent and this is why we talk about when i was you know when we did our last uh, facebook live we were talking about you know i don't want to hurt i don't ever want to dampen anyone's dreams if your dream is to become a, pro a professional athlete by all means don't you know don't stop but please go to school Make sure that you're finishing your education. Make sure that you've got some, you know, plan A, plan B. I don't want you to miss out on all these other amazing ways that you could be making money. We are experiencing a shortage of doctors. You know, we are experiencing, we are experiencing a need for, you know, for, for people to really focus on STEM jobs that require you to be completely invested in a STEM curriculum. A lot of our jobs that we're losing, we're losing to automation. You know, a lot of people say, oh, we're losing it to, to you know, these immigrants and these people who come across the board. No, we're not. We are, we are literally losing our jobs to, um, to automation. 
I mean, you can just go into your your neighborhood McDonald's, walk in, and you can either go to the front and order your food to the in, with the person working behind the register, or they have one of those little kiosks where you can just whoop, whoop, type in your order, run your card, done, order done. All you have to do is wait for them to call your name and you go pick up your food. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. And, it, and if you don't think it's affecting our community, trust me, it's affecting our community. Talk, think about like some of the guys who who go and lace, you know, who do the, the cement work. There are machines out there who can replace 10 of your dudes, man. It's that's scary. So we, as much as I would love to see, I love seeing our, our Pacific Islanders excel in all avenues, athletics, you know, movies, uh, music. I love it. But I know a lot of families. Well, hey, myself included, I'm a little guilty. I had three sons and I, I thought one of my sons was going to the NFL. The only thing that happened to them was they ended up in my basement. Well, that's a whole nother story. But, you know, we were so focused. And I know of a lot of other families who are so focused on this, on creating this pathway to the NFL or, it's, you know, mostly to the NFL. Rarely do I, you know, we had some NBA, but most of the focus was on the NFL. We're... We're so focused on this pathway to this pipeline to the NFL that we have this like tunnel vision, and we are excluding all these upper, uh, you know, all these other opportunities where we can make a ton of money. And we are some smart people. So, anyways, I'm about to shut this down, but be on the lookout for uh, tomorrow at about seven o'clock, the Read and Lala Hour. It's a Facebook Live session. Um, if you're not friends with me or if you are friend, you know, just, just look for, look out for it. Uh, we'll be going into further detail into all these topics, but, um, thank you again for tuning in again. It's another episode from, uh, an, an unapologetic woman of color. Holla.